0: Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. It's Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation. Tinyurl.com slash Sear activation. You can also opt to get these three books Seer Dimensions.
1: Are you having a great time with the parables? We're we're doing a lot with the foundation. I don't want to make any assumption that anybody knows everything about the Word of God. Um, So I'm doing a lot of groundwork before we get into the whole topic of the parables and really excavate each parable. But Matthew 13, 10 to 12. Matthew 13, 10 to 12. The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries. Circle that word mystery, write it nice and big. We're going to come back to it. We're going to extrapolate it. It's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given for whosoever hath. To him shall be taken, for whosoever hath, excuse me, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. So you heard of the term, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And being able to extrapolate the principles is important. The the person of Jesus opens your heart to salvation. The principles of Jesus opens the world for success and progress. So, you know, you want the person, but you want the principles as well because if you want to move into new levels of success and progress and prosperity, you need the principles to do it. And I tell you how powerful it is. He says, he that has... He that has an understanding of the kingdom principles. He that has a knowledge of the kingdom. The Bible says that um, to him it shall be, to, to, to him shall be given. In other words, you're not going to have to work by the sweat of your brow any longer. And the Bible said you shall have more abundance. So God wants you to have abundance. Why? Because he wants to make us Benefactors. If you have more, you could give more. If you have more, you could build more. If you have more, you could do more. And a lot of times, ministries and even in our own life, we don't do as much as we want to do because we don't have the money, we don't have the resources, we don't have the access to opportunities, to knowledge, to networks. Everything in the universe moves by relationships. If you're not networked, um, you can be gifted and talented, but there are some doors that will only open open if you are networked. And so what, what God wants to do, he wants to give you abundance, an abundant health, abundant joy, abundant peace, you know, an abundance in your relationships and friendships, an abundance in your networks, an abundance in opportunity. He wants you to live in the realm of abundance because what would you do if you had more for your sons and your daughters? Yeah what would you do, how much more could you do for your church and for your ministry? What would you build for God? How many Bibles could we actually buy or even produce and send it around the world? How many missionaries can we send and we say to them, listen, we want you to work in this area and you don't have to worry about a dime. If we had the resources, we can do more. And so if you understand the person of Christ opens your heart to salvation. The principles open the world for penetration. The person of Christ opens your heart for salvation. The principles opens the world for penetration. So you can actually go into all the world. You could penetrate every system if you've got the principles. And I'll give you an example of this, how important the principles of the kingdom. We know helps in hospitality, right? So helps in hospitality is usually made up of people that we think are non-talented. So they can preach, they can sing. So we throw them in helps in hospitality. We make them ushers, we make them deacons. You know, they're the people that clean the church after we leave. They're the people that do the behind the scene things. And if, if it wasn't for helps in hospitality, I don't know what the church would look like. You'll walk in, there'll be trash all over the floor. These are amazing people. But the best thing that the church has done with that one principle is to raise up more ushers and more deacons. Now watch this. One principle. How can I help you? How can I serve? Helps and hospitality. How can I serve? The um, uh, Marriott's took that one word and turned it into a billion-dollar machinery. The helps and... Listen, the, the, the service industry and the hospitality industry if you combine the two it's a 40 it's it's a 48 trillion dollar industry if you could if you combine the hospitality and service it's 48 trillion dollar machine 48 trillion dollars they took one principle are you getting this one principle and took it and applied it and turned it into a $48 trillion machine. And the best we could do is produce more ushers that walk up and we're still begging for dollars. And while God wants to do this and we're still begging. So once you understand the person, open you, the person of Christ opens your heart to salvation, the principles opens the world to penetration. So we want the principles. We don't want just the person. We want the principles. So the world has the principles, but they don't have the person. We have the person, but we don't have the principle. What if we can have the principle and the person? And this is what the this is what the parables are all about you have the person now it's time to get the principles and the disciples were confused why are you speaking to us in parables because you got the person and I want you to have the principle because if you have, people are going to give to you. You're not going to have to bag. You're not going to have to ask. You're going to be a magnet for abundance and you're going to have more abundance, not just some abundance. You're going to have more abundance. But if you don't have the principle, even that which you have is going to be taken away from you. And that's what's happening today. The average church does not own a Coliseum. So when we have our conventions, when we have our summits during the year, we, 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 we build our coffers with money. And at the end of the year or the middle of the year, when we have our big convocation, guess what? We've got to pay out all the money that we got. Now we've got to pay it out so that we can rent the Coliseum and rent all the hotels. Why can't Christians own hotels? Why can't we own the Coliseum? And whoever is out there with the potential and with the assignment to own a Coliseum, I decree and declare the potential is now activated. We need to think bigger. And we need to create a machinery that that the world competes with us. So they asked a question. That means they were good students. A good student formulates questions. The problem with the Everest Believer is that we become know-it-alls. Know-it-alls. This is the power of the question. Why do you teach? Let's, let's excavate. I want to know the reason behind teaching. I don't just want to sit. I, I, I want to activate my critical thinking. Tell me why. If I know the why, the what takes care of itself. Tell me why. So write down the power of the question. If you are a good student, you are going to ask questions. And you are never going to know it all. See, knowing all the answers make you a fool. Knowing how, how to ask the right question makes you wise. So just as long as you're, you have the ability to ask questions, that's where the wisdom comes from. So this is the power of the question. Know the right question, but also know who to write, ask the right question to. The Bible said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open." You've got to know when to ask when to seek, and when to knock. Some of us are knocking when we should be asking. Some of us are seeking when we should be knocking. You've got to know if you are going to be successful. You've got to know when you should be seeking, when you should be asking, and when you should be knocking. And so here they are asking the question, and that's the right thing to do. Now, a lot of us have gotten answers in our lives. And the Bible said, Acts and it shall be given. So if you don't like what's coming to you, change the question and don't curse the answer. Whatever you ask, ask and it shall be given. So some of us are asking the wrong question. Why does this always happen to me? You were born on the wrong side of the track. You don't have no money. Your daddy didn't like you. You're abandoned. You know, you're getting the answer. How can I avoid this ever happening to me again? Different question. Why is this always happening? Because nobody likes you. Because how can I avoid this from ever happening again? Change the question and you'll get the right answer. And this one principle changed my life and took me from poverty into wealth. That one question. One question when I changed the question about money. And when I changed the question, I got the answer. I got the answer and I asked the how. How can I make two million dollars in a year? How can I make, not how can I pay bills? How, how can I live debt free? That's a different question. And today what? I'm debt free, I own everything. Everything I have, I own. Are you with me? Because I changed the question. So let's look at the power of the question. Questions are the basis of all human experience and progress. Mark 10, 15, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So you've got to be as a child if you're going to begin to navigate the terrain of the kingdom. So children are known for curiosity, and curiosity is always driven by a question. I'm curious. And so unless you take on the mentality of a child by being curious and asking questions, and I decree you will never lose your curiosity. You will always be in the position to question. And children question everything. My son, Prophet, is getting ready to have a beautiful son. And he's getting ready to be a daddy. So, when your son comes, it's gonna be exciting because, you know, the first couple of months, they just lay there and they just cry. Whoever has the assignment to bring me the milk, bring it. If not anybody in this house, nobody's gonna sleep. So, that's about it. But when they start talking, and when they start connecting with the ability that, Hold on one minute. I don't have to accept this world as it is because up until they get that that consciousness about them, they accept everything as it is. Okay? But as soon as they start saying, Oh my God, I can question this. What's that? You're gonna, they're gonna just ask questions. Why? Why? What's that? What's that? You know, I have a great-great niece, a great great niece. And her big thing is, how'd you do that? You know, that's her question. She's two years old, and she sees us doing something. Her first thing, I want to do that. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? And she wants you to stop and teach her, you know? How'd you do that? Something comes out of the oven. How'd you do that? It's the power of the question. Because that's when you get resources coming to you, information coming to you. Never lose the sponginess and the curiosity of a child. Never lose your curiosity. And I tell you why. The best scientists and the best ex- explorers have the attributes of a child. They ask questions and they have a sense of wonder. They have curiosity. And one of the things a scientist says, if it, they ask who, what, where, when, and how, and they never stop questioning. And so all of humanity's progress came because someone asked a question. I wonder what this would do. I wonder what this would feel like. I wonder if I would do this. Why is this? Do we have to accept this? They asked a series of questions. You should never stop questioning. Why? Prosperity follows when you ask the right question. For whosoever hath to him shall be given and they shall have more abundance. When you ask the right question, prosperity follows. Again, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. When you have the ability to ask the right question, prosperity follows. The questions we ask are precursors to the path path we travel and the life we live. The questions you ask, are precursors to the path you travel and the life you live. Questions create a vortex that attracts the right people we need who have the information, the resources, the network, the experience, the education, and the context that we want. Questions provoke answers. The right questions provoke the right answers. So learn the art of asking the right questions. Questions help us to increase our ability to acquire the wisdom we need to make the most appropriate decisions in any situations. Questions solicits the answer that affects our perspective. Questions are clues to our interest and our passion. The right, the right questions are clues to desire. Questions reveal a need to know and to grow. So when you stop asking questions, you have lost the need to grow and the need to know. Questions birth open dialogue. So sometimes you talk, you talk, but if you ask a person a question, then you can engage in open dialogue. The reward of open dialogue is information, the reward of information is discovery and clarity, discovery and clarity are the precursors to revelation, revelation is the precursor to application, application is the precursor to manifestation, so if you want manifestation it starts with a question, revelation is the precursor to application, application is the precursor to manifestation, write this down, The nature of your question reveals what you value. The nature of your question reveals what you value. The quality of your question reveals your character. The tenacity and persistence of finding the answer to your question reveals your desire to know, to progress, to prosper, to grow and succeed. The more you know, the less you will be controlled and deceived. Your desire to know, progress, and prosper, and grow and succeed is revealed by the nature and the content of your questions. So never be a know-it-all. And I'm thinking of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar started off brilliant and ended up losing his mind because he was a know-it-all. Know who to ask the right questions to. Had Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel the right question, He could have escaped from being turned into an animalistic being. David asked the wrong person who he was, and therefore he ended up the object of jealousy, envy, and competition. Know who to ask questions to. The 12 most important questions you can ever ask. Number one, where did I I come from? Number two, what was I born into? Number three, who am I? Number four, why was I born? Number five, where do I want to be in the next five years, the next ten years, the next fifteen years, the next twenty years from now? Number six, how do I plan to get there? Number seven, what should I be doing when? Uh, what should I be doing at, at any given moment in my life? Number eight, how am I going to do or fulfill my purpose and accomplish my assignment and achieve my vision? How am I gonna do those things? Number nine, when should I be doing them? Number 10, with whom should I be doing them with? Number 11, with what am I going to do it with? And number 12, how would the next generation know that I did it? the 12 most important questions. Number one, where did I come from? That's so important. Right now you have so many people that are displaced. And when you have a displaced person, like the people that were moved from Rwanda or when they were moved and they were coming into Greece and they were coming from different countries, when you have um, hurricanes that destroy entire countries, They lose their heritage and when you lose your heritage, you lose your identity. And if you have no identity, that means you have no stability in your life. So when you ask, where did I come from? This is an important question. Because in generations to come, they're gonna say that we came from a monkey and there's only uh, 1.23% difference between a human being and our chromosomes, between a human being and a monkey. And there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to be animalistic because they believe that they evolved from an animal. But your heritage, your heritage is where you come from. If you have no heritage, you have no stability. And we know that we came from God, but not only that, a part of our heritage is the holy days. The eight days that the um, Israelite, the, the Hebrew nations celebrate from the day of atonement to Pentecost. This is a part of our heritage. This is a part of our celebration. This gives us root. When you understand that before you, were, before you were formed in your mother's womb, that God knew you. To know you means that God was intimate with you. There's a level of intimacy. And when we talk about intimacy, we, we talk about worship. So that means that while you were in your mother's womb, you knew how to worship. And by the time you were birthed, you forgot it. And so if you look at how a child is born, by the time our baby is born, prophet, your son is gonna be born automatically knowing how to worship God. Because each month will represent the eight, month one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. All of them would represent the eight holy days. And then the ninth one will represent the day of atonement where the blood was, 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 was um, sprinkled to atone the nation. When your baby is born, um, your wife is, is going to bleed as the child is, is being birthed out. And that is going to be him connecting to the atonement. Amen. And so if you know that in your mother's womb, you were connected to your heritage and you came out knowing but we suffer from spiritual amnesia. And what God is doing now when you connect a child between the ages of zero and six and show them how to worship, you connect them for life. Train up a child in the way they should go when they are old and God restores the memory of worshiping him. And this is why a child automatically worships something or follows a worship and they love it because they did it in the womb. So your question of heritage is important. Number two, what I was born into is your inheritance. We know that our father has selected our inheritance. Who I am is our our identity. If you want to know more about your identity, get the book, The 40 Day Soul Fast. It's an interactive, it has an interactive journal with with it, and you'll be able to deal with your uh, identity. Why you were born is your purpose. What you should be doing is your um, destiny. How you plan to get there is your vision and you can get the book Hello Tomorrow to learn more about your vision. What you should be doing has to do with your assignment. And every day has an assignment. Right now, today, this is my assignment. Tomorrow I have another assignment. Friday I have another assignment. But you can't keep avoiding or procrastinating the fulfillment of assignment because when an hour goes, it's gone forever. And you don't get it back, so you technically can't make up for lost time, except God does it supernaturally. But the thing about making up for lost time is every hour is pregnant with opportunities and possibilities. You'll get new possibilities, but you'll never get the pregnancy of that moment that you lost. And so I decree... That, that you are delivered from procrastination. And you will do whatever you're called to do and you will do it now. And then when you should be doing, it has to do with timing. With whom you should be doing it with has to do with relationship. With what you were doing it with has to do with the resources that God has given you. And these are, these are gifts and talents as well. And then how would the next generation know that's the legacy that you're going to lead? When Jesus taught, the disciples asked questions. And we've lost the art of asking questions, but I decree and declare that during the course of, 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 of this um, series, you would learn the art of asking the right questions, that you would come as a little child and you would become a disciple and then you would see the abundance of revelation and the revelation will create activation and the activation manifestation. Why have you given us The parables of the kingdom, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven.
0: You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today.